0: Welcome to RPG Ramblings, Jeff Jones. This is a weekly show exploring the various details of the tabletop RPG hobby through discussions with interesting people. Today, Mark Finn joins me. If you need the direction, inspiration, and motivation for adding heist to your game, Mark has you covered with two products. First, in the hot-off-the-virtual-press category is Tools of the Trade. Next, just in time for Zine Quest in August, is a zine entitled Ogre's Eleven. We end the interview with me realizing I failed to inquire about his recorded audio dramatization that I just heard. I stitched that on to the end, so if you're so inclined, uh, after the music, listen for it. In the show notes, is a link to my Patreon. For $1 a month, you can fund one-eleventh of a smile on my face. Currently, I have only enough of a smile to make a smirk. Time is wasting here on the Group W bench, sisters and brothers. It is time to get rambling. Hello, Mark.
1: Jeff, how are you, man? I
0: am doing fine. How are you
1: doing, Mark? Uh, it's it's good. It's been too long. It's been too long. I'm so glad to see you and, and talk to you again.
0: Yeah, I know. It's It's been, uh, I think you've got a lot going on. I've had a lot going on. It's just life is kind of nuts. Being being an adult sucks.
1: <laughs> yeah. I need gotta, a summer vacation.
0: Yeah. I need a spring break. My, my daughter's finding that out. She thinks maybe she moved out a little bit early yeah <laughs> as the bills start coming in oh car repair what
1: <laughs> all of a sudden yeah you're 32 years old and going why how did when did this happen what what who who, who authorized this yeah. i didn't sign off on this yeah try being 52 uh it, it doesn't get any better it never gets better so but yes it's good to be here thank you for having me back on always a pleasure to talk to you
0: well the reason is it appears to me that you have crime in your heart
1: <laughs> There's I'm you are,
0: yeah you are a man that seems to have a a, a, a uh a strong interest in larceny and other forms of of uh criminal activity
1: that, yes exactly i uh I'm, I'm not afraid to break bad and uh, and i'll teach you how to break bad that's even worse now you're the, corrupting the morals of the young i think is now what happened to uh, socrates that's how that's how it goes yeah <laughs> next thing you know they're going to be handing me hemlock and saying drink up <laughs> <laughs> just gotta to figure break. out who your
0: 12 disciples are going to be uh, or is tw- <laughs> didn't you have 12 uh students there as disciples
1: well i only need 11 because that's evidently the perfect number for a heist so
0: oh there you go see how I did that? exactly that what i
1: did though. that
0: was good so what <laughs> is going on mark what sort of what sort of uh, machinations do you have going on, especially for uh, ZineQuest, which is just around the corner?
1: Yes, uh, I have, um, I've been talking obliquely about a project for some time now, and uh, this year I finally took some steps to sort of uh, move that onto my, uh, onto my plate from the, from the back burner, um, my ZineQuest 4 uh, project is called Ogres 11, and it is uh, a system neutral set of fantasy heists that you can play in any one of your systems uh, from, you know, uh, any of the OSR stuff, any of the uh, newer uh, things, you can even do it in Morgborg if you want. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's really system neutral. As long as your game involves, you know, monsters and and treasure and and has things in it like spells and and sorcery and uh, you know stuff like that, you're these. That's what these are, are perfectly suited for. Uh, so, uh, Ogres Eleven will be um, uh, eleven heists detailed uh, in kind of broad terms, but it's going to be catered to the fantasy uh environment. You know, um uh, locations will be places like, you know, uh temples and uh loot is going to be things like, you know, uh rare antiquities and artifacts. Uh you know, if you uh, from are familiar with uh, uh Conan's Tower of the Elephant uh, or um, the uh, uh, rogues in the house or the god in the bowl uh, or any of the fawfer and gray mouser stories where there's one step ahead of the thieves guild that's what these uh, these uh adventures are going to let you do and they're all s- designed to be one or maybe two nights if that they, they typically are the things that you can run in a in a single evening uh so uh that's going to be Uh, dropping i'll be running a campaign at the from the beginning of august uh august 5th i'll be at armadillo con that weekend so i'm going to kick it off on that on the weekend and it'll run from there until the 25th uh so not quite four weeks but really close and then uh all of that is going to be based on a, a product that just uh was published last week the PDF is available now, and the uh, book itself, the print-on-demand book, will be available as soon as Drive-Thru RPG, you know, goes through the machinery and allows it to happen. Uh, and that's called Tools of the Trade, <clears throat> and it is a system-neutral heist generator. It is a way for game masters to build a fantasy heist with a few die rolls in just a few minutes um, using uh, some fill in the blank tables and uh, a little creative interpretation. Um, it's uh, 134 pages of, of rules and tables and explanations with a lot of examples. Um, and uh, it is the sort of the, uh, the beating heart of a system that I've been working on. I've been trying to do a game like this for uh, over 20 years now. This has been in development in one form or another. So I'm really excited that this is coming out in, first of all, this format. And this this will also be available as an add-on if you want to go Ogres 11. You won't need it for Ogres 11. If you want to back Ogres 11 and, and just enjoy the the heists, they're all going to be in there. You can read them. They will require no outside Information Other than you, the game master to stat the guards and figure out how much, you know, this rare object that they're stealing is actually worth. That's on you. But if you want to see how the sausage was made, um, tools of the trade will be available as an add on as both a physical book and as a uh, as a PDF. And it will be everything that you need to make your own heists. And also there's a lot of advice in the book on how to string these adventures together to create a kind of a, uh, a, an escalating campaign. And even um, there's uh, some systems inside that show you how to create NPCs that are contacts for your character. So you can, you can build a Lando Calrissian kind of a guy that's gonna be maybe help your players out, maybe not. Uh, sometimes they'll be friends, sometimes they'll be rivals, sometimes they'll be enemies, and also a criminal enterprise generator, which I'm really excited about because that lets you make um, bad organizations to go up against. Uh, you know, similar to the things that uh, the guys in the Mission Impossible movies and TV show uh, went after, or more recently, uh, leverage. You know, leverage only stole from bad guys. So, this gives you bad guys to steal from, so uh, it's a it's it's all part of a system, and i'm I'm really excited about um uh, how this all kind of flows together because uh, it will eventually culminate in a in a fifth edition campaign book called Polite Society, and it'll be that uh, heist generating system uh, plus all of the extra fifth edition stuff that you would need to run it in a campaign so Backgrounds, archetypes, spells, feats—all the all the stuff that goes into uh, fifth edition of the world's most popular fantasy role playing game. Because we can't say Dungeons and Dragons, we get in trouble.
0: Ah, we don't want to do that.
1: We we don't want to go. We don't want to do that. We don't go to Amperstan Prison. We do not want to go. (laughs) (laughs) Amperstan Prison. That's good. Uh, I yeah I. And all of this comes about, this first got started. uh, The first time I published this was in the Conan the Thief book uh, from Odyphius, the Conan 2D20 game that came out a few years ago. I did an early version of this to kind of test the waters and see, is this something that feels like it could work? And Uh, I got a lot of really good feedback on that. In fact, actually, when people, I I haven't seen a review yet that didn't mention the stuff on how to run a heist and how that's the best part of the book. So if you like that stuff, here's this. To to be honest,
0: I I did uh, back the, the Kickstarter. I just got so inundated with PDFs for a system that I drew quickly disenchanted with uh but i need to go now you say that we need to actually go out and seek out the uh pdf for Conan the thief
1: yeah go look yeah check it out it's uh there's some i mean you'll be able to see pretty quickly the the bare bones of what this ultimately became and and this version tools of the trade um comes with a lot of play tests in it and a lot of refinements it's really robust and very um uh, I, I talked to a lot of people who are heist nuts like me and got some great feedback and some uh, really cool things. Um, polite Society will go into things in a little bit more detail, but, but if you just want to get started, this is, your, this is your jam. And this is the thing I want to mention. This is how to really run a heist, okay? There's a lot of things out there that are labeled as heists. Some of them have the word dragon in front of the word heist. Um, There's a lot of things out there that that mark themselves as a heist. And just because you have stuff that needs to be stolen in a room with guards in front of it, unfortunately, that, that doesn't make it a heist. You call it a heist, there's certain things that have to be in play because when when you say heist or when you say caper, we're talking about stuff in movies. We're talking about Ocean's Eleven. We're talking about Logan Lucky. We're talking about Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. We're talking about the Mission Impossible movies. And those, in, when, when you hear that, you know, in your head, that's what springs up. If that's not the adventure that happens, then that wasn't a heist. <laughs> and, and a lot of times what happens is, is they give people the setup. Here's the stuff that's in the, the thing. But they don't really give the GMs and DMs any direction on how to get the players to the heist. And then what happens is, is they kick them in the door and they kill all the guards. And that's most fantasy adventures. That's not a heist. If you didn't have to hang from the roof or bypass a security check or you know take out the the lions in the you know in the garden with with powder from the yellow lotus, or if you didn't have to bypass security, if you didn't have to tr- get in and get out without being seen, if there wasn't a time limit, because the next day they're going to take the treasures into the vault again, and we won't see them for another 14 years until the lunar cycle completes itself, or whatever the you know the situation is. There's a lot of uh, ways that you can make really cool D adventures with heists but you have to use the rules of what constitutes a heist or if it or, or if stuff's just going to go very wrong in my mind that's a caper you know when you know when the doors keep closing and when you know the everybody keeps being recognized and it's more funny because of just you know, like what what could go wrong now that that to me the caper is the funny version of the heist but so so all capers are heists but not all heists are capers um, thank you, Mr. Venn. Yeah. so the yeah, because I think in
0: general, you're right. I think there have been at least two game systems I'm aware of that did tackle the heist, and the one being the leverage RPG using the uh, the tests. Yes. and I think they I think their way of handling a lot of this stuff is through flashbacks right. mechanically, and then the second one would be uh, blades in the dark, uh, which also. Right. <clears throat> but I think, it, as presented, they both of those had mechanics that for this they were built to do heists. Whereas I think the what would be interesting to see is how you handle the um, you know traditional D and D and all of its iterations really don't have mechanics that support it. Not that you can't do it, but it's it's not. It ends up turning to shatter. How do you keep it from going to shatter? And that's the question. Where it's just yeah. You know, everybody just does all this planning and planning and, and they end up just blowing everything up.
1: <laughs> well, and, and that's sort of the, uh, y- you have to basically bake that into your game uh, as, a, as a GM. You have to say, okay, look, you're going to need to research this because you don't know anything about the building. You don't know anything about the guards. You don't know anything about all this, but you can learn it. You can find it out. And by structuring the those fact-finding sessions, you know, like, hey, here's what you can do one thing a day. Uh, what do you want to do? Do you want to stake out the ha- house? Do you want to go to the Hall of Records and try to look up the building blueprints? You know, all the stuff that you would do in a heist movie, you can do in a, in a, in a fantasy game. You know, uh, it, the outcome's different and you're, you know, instead of technology, you're dealing with magic. But I would gently suggest that some of the technology in Mission Impossible is pretty much magic anyways. Right. So um, you know, then what you're left with is if, if the only thing you're having to sort of make an allowance for is that flashback mechanism. That only really happens, okay, in certain types of heists, where there's a double cross or sometimes a triple cross. There's a lot of heists uh a lot of caper fiction uh the uh, uh richard stark parker novels are a great example where there is no flashback uh at all um and so you don't have to have it unless you're going to show how somebody got screwed <laughs> well i think and, the,
0: so- and they did sort of do that i think in oceans 11 and certain other ones where obviously you work yes. how they do it but i think as far as a mechanic in a game goes that becomes convenient. Like. You get yeah. to do a thing, then you say you succeed, but you explain how you did it, and a lot of times that could be like, right? I gave somebody some rope. I put it in their in their you know in their backpack right before they went out, or whatever it may be.
1: Um, the the leverage game, I think, does it better than Blades in the Dark. I I think Blades in the Dark is a little too loosey goosey for me. I know it's very popular, and I've tried very hard to um make it work for me, but but it. I think the problem with Blades from the, in the Dark is everybody's got to be on exactly the same page about what they're doing. And I'm not sure that the resolution is very satisfying from a game-playing perspective. So, I mean, I, you know. But well, I think with
0: them, what works is, uh, uh, is that they – the mechanism is you come up with a general plan and then you roll to see how far in that plan you actually go before something happens. Right. So if you fail, right. things spoil, begin, but then when we roll a high, you actually get to that, a point of action further on in their plan. You don't have to go through and elaborate. You could just say, this is our plan. We're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna drug the dogs. We're going to, you know, sink past the guards. We're going to, you know, put on some dresses and act like women and make it. And then you roll <laughs> to kind of understand like, well, where in that point does it go wrong? And or does the action start? And then like at what what positioning are you at when that happens? You could be pretty far along and be in a bad position or you could be, you know, pretty far along and be a great position or, you know, other variations.
1: Yeah. And 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 again, I think that um, for that, you know, if if, and if that's the the style, it's kind of, you know, if you like Savage Worlds and if you like those kind of more narrative uh, type of, of storytelling Games where the mechanics inform the, the narrative and vice versa, then, you know, it's beautiful. I thought Leverage handled the flashback mechanic best. Um, Polite Society, the fifth edition version of, of this, will have a character that has the ability to do that. And it's going to be handled a little differently uh, because I don't want to do the same thing as the flashback but that's effectively what it is and so i think that mechanic needs to be in a good heist game but i don't think you need to employ it uh until you're into sort of advanced level stuff where um uh, you know uh, uh, you you're given an opportunity that seems too good to be true and you try it against your better efforts but you find out you know that it was actually a trap because the Baron got tired of you stealing all of his stuff, and he he set this up to to surprise you. And it looks like you're going away for good this time, fellas. But oh no, somebody's got the contingency plan ready. And all of a sudden, uh, all of the, you know, all of the swords fall apart because uh, you bribed somebody, you know, hours before to put acid uh on the uh on the pommel so that the swords would, the handles would disintegrate or whatever yeah the the thing is that's a terrible example but you know what i'm saying you, you only really need that mechanic you know once in a blue moon so um I, i'm i'm going to trust anybody that's going to buy this book to see that and kind of work that out for themselves in a game that they are playing or wait patiently for the fifth edition deal where i will let you have all of that you know so for the fifth edition
0: not to jump too far ahead into the future but uh right so are you going to have like archetypes is that the idea kind of like with leverage
1: yeah there will be um there will be new subclasses for almost all of the existing character classes that are kind of slanted and lean more in a larcenous kind of direction um you know one way or the other um And um, more importantly, and this to me is more important than the archetypes because you don't necessarily need new archetypes, but but backgrounds. There's going to be 20 new backgrounds in uh, polite society uh, that are much more designed towards giving characters uh, reasons for Having been around a life of crime, or what what would make that something that would be very easy for them to do, and also give them a lot more um, uh, personal connections to um, cr- the criminal underworld, um, people who are kind of shady, uh, or or being put in situations that sort of force them into that lower echelon of society, where they can have more opportunities to perfect those rarefied skills, such as climbing walls and hiding without being seen and stuff like that. So uh, those backgrounds, I I feel, are going to be sort of essential to giving you that thief flavor. You know, you've all got something in your past that you're trying to get away from, that you're trying to atone for, that you're trying to make up for. I got a job that puts everybody right. If we do it right, there's enough gold here for all of us to get out from under our problems. Uh, it's going to be dangerous. There's going to be some complications. But if you're in it, we'll all do this together. And so that's sort of the, the gist. You know, you get to play these gentlemen thieves who, you know, you're either in it for the, uh, the, uh, the action, the excitement, or you've got a good reason for doing what you do, you know, uh, whether it's going to be a Robin Hood type of character or just someone who likes to balance the scales on their own a little bit you know uh I, th- I think dungeons and dragons currently is sort of set up for those types of heroes and and polite society sort of takes to, takes advantage of that but again the heart of it's going to be the heist it's going to be you know you can play other things and you should to sort of you know spread things out um but but the big Money-making jobs are going to be, you know, heists. People coming to you and saying, hey, I heard you steal things for people. Well, my brother has the family dagger and he's not supposed to have it. And I want you to steal it back from him. There's just one problem. Uh, he's a werewolf and you're going to have to try and get it from him without, you know, dying horribly or, you know, whatever the, the thing is, you know. You can make up your own, but I, I, I think that the randomly rolled heists, allow you to sort of get out of your own head and make weird cool connections that you otherwise would make i mean like any good random generator you go well how do those two things fit together oh like that <laughs> yeah. yeah and i think you're right and the complications
0: maybe you know is not only do you have to get it you know without him noticing but maybe it's you also have to like replace it whatever with something else it's not just a simple right. smash and grab it's like well wait no no
1: there are there are other concerns yeah you know you might have you might not uh you might have to to replace it with a duplicate one of my favorites in on the list is and the way i've got it set up is if you want to like just do basic heist very simple things initially don't roll a d20 on the tables roll a d6 or a d8 there's all the tables are built so that the more complicated stuff you know is on the bottom And so if you roll a D six for all of your stuff, initially, you're going to get a very elementary heist without a lot of extra stuff and a lot lot of complications. But by the time you get into kind of that, that intermediate to, to like higher level stuff, one of my favorite ones on there on the, on the hitches table is not a what, but a who that precious jewel that you've been hired to, to steal. It's not a jewel. It's, it's somebody's daughter her name's jewel and her name is jewel right <laughs> yeah. or whatever yeah her <laughs> her name's Amethyst. ruby You're doing, yeah oh, Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> that's right all those all those 1950s stripper names yeah, yeah exactly those dancer names <laughs> that, are, that are that are gemstones but they're also kind of loose women with red hair yeah. so um yeah i uh i love that idea and that and that's a that's a thing that you don't see a lot of times in like movies and and caper fiction but it does come up every once in a while you know they open the door and oh this isn't this isn't gold this is somebody tied up you know and now i'm it's a rescue mission or you know it's a we're taking we're not stealing the books on the on the job we're stealing the bookkeeper (laughs) you know um so so there's a lot of different outcomes baked into the into the uh, the game itself in, in the, in the books, Um, I'm really proud of it. I, 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 I'm, I'm very reluctant sometimes to sort of toot my own horn. and, And I'm always happy when people say they like stuff that I've written. This one is one of the ones where I feel like, you know, I've, I've done, I've done the Lord's work because for years I have wanted someone to write this. And a lot of times, a lot of the things that I end up doing are somebody ought to do that as a book anyone oh me i oh i'm i'm gonna oh i'll do it i guess i'll have to because nobody else everybody's like yeah someone ought to mark <sighs> okay so that's what i did i wrote the book that i wanted to use that i wanted that i wished had been available 20 years ago that's that was the the impetus behind this so well also um,
0: uh i think what's interesting is you have the um a uh I guess we would you call a videography and a, a biography, not biography, uh, a bibliography of
1: yes. heist.
0: So I think I think more than probably. I, I mean, that's in itself uh, is worth the price of admission.
1: But, yeah. Thanks. I agree. Yeah, I agree because I there's a lot of uh, there's the, uh, one of the things that's in, it's not just. Um, Fantasy heists, I put regular stuff in there as well, modern day stuff, because you need both. But I think people will be surprised at the number of fantasy books that are out now that are fantasy capers and fantasy heists. It's a thing right now. It's kind of, I won't say a subgenre, but uh, in the last like eight to ten years, there's been a, a mild proliferation of these kinds of books. and uh yeah they're very cool in fact the the bibliography for the fifth edition book will have more stuff in it because i can ex- i was trying to keep it just focused to heists um but in it, for the fifth edition book since it's going to be kind of campaign advice as well there will be even more things listed that talk about you know what uh what's good you know material for that um yeah. Uh and and honestly, I'm I I really feel like I hope that for every person that that goes, Oh God, I've wanted to do this for a long time and picks it up It's says, Oh yeah, I've read all the Richard Starks, I I read the Darwin Cook Parker graphic novels. These are great. I can't believe I'm getting to do this. I want people that have never run a heist before to pick it up and go, okay, I feel like I can do this now, which is I hope people do because that's you know, that was really who I had kind of wrote this for, you know, I wrote it for somebody that maybe would seen the uh, Ocean's Eleven movies and, you know, Out of Sight by Steven Soderbergh, any any of the Soderbergh movies. There's only, a, you know, I think everything he's done has been a heist movie except for Sex, Lies, and Videotape, and that probably is a heist in, in structure, who knows. But um, people that might have watched or that might have watched five seasons of Leverage and gone, man, I wish I could do this as a d game. Well, here you go, buddy. Merry Christmas. <laughs> let me let me know how that works out for you, because uh, you're my you were my target audience.
0: Well, and I think it also works in reverse. You're like somebody could come to new. It's like I want to do it. They may not have really thought about, you know, a lot of people just watch videos not really thinking about it. Now they can think about it as they go and watch these movies, TV series, or read these books.
1: Yes, and
0: I think it yes. kind of helps to make people think. I think it's very easy for in anything for some people is to watch something or read something and and just enjoy it but this kind of allows people to say well wait a minute you know i want to do a heist oh there's this movie i'm not just watching to be watching i'm gonna actually
1: start paying attention
0: maybe take some notes
1: yep that's right that's right um and uh and i think once you kind of get in that mindset and you and you look at some of the stuff that they're doing. The Mission Impossible movies are great examples of that. Also, Mission Impossible movies great examples of failing forward. <laughs> right? Anytime Ethan, you know, is about to fall off of something, you're you're like, well, okay, blew that roll, but you know, what, what happens next? So, uh, but looking at the at their special gear and equipment and all that, it's very easy to see that those that those could be translated into spells po- po- uh, potions and scrolls simply you know uh that you you know hand to the guy and say drink this and go climb that wall or you know uh you've got a feather fall down the shaft before the the uh, the fire uh wall literally the wall of fire turns back on you know we've, I, we've i've temporarily cast uh, uh, dispel magic uh on the, on the shaft, uh, but it's going to reset. You have one minute to get down the shaft. I mean, it's, I mean, and that's, you know, there's, that's a high tech thing in any, in, in like 17 different heist stories, but you can absolutely do it with, with magic and alchemy, uh, the exact same way. And that to me, as much fun as it would be to like, talk through how I would get through a heist that to me was the was always the more fun part i didn't you know i i wanted to as it, watching ocean's 11 i wanted to to you know i wanted to rappel down the shaft to the vault i wanted to do the little handoff with the card keys i wanted to pick andy garcia's pocket uh and get his his uh his swipe key uh, uh you know off of him without him noticing it i mean like that for as a player that's the stuff that i want to do i want to I want to do that stuff the thiefy stuff and uh you know if you're just kicking open the door and and literally just throwing fireballs at guards until they all die uh you know uh, yeah you might as well i mean that's that's cool but it's just not a heist and it shouldn't be shouldn't be called that you know right
0: so i guess that really does require everybody to be on the obviously like anytime you're playing anything that's I think uh, kind of beyond the norm. It, it really helps to have make sure everybody's got the buy-in. Absolutely, yeah. Whatever, hey, whatever may be.
1: Yeah. Would you guys like to run a heist? You know, mm-hmm. and if everybody goes, yeah, cool. You know, uh great. But but then then you kind of go like, okay, let's go watch this movie first, and then tell me if you still want to do this. You know, uh, but if and if everybody goes, well, what's a heist? Then well again we're, we're watching the movie <laughs> Yeah, and i think i think Any even to watch the yeah, usual suspects yeah, is fine with me well even
0: like like horror you know it's like say we want to do that but you can say you know what there's no joking around while we're playing this you know there's no monty python jokes if we're trying to create right. an atmosphere of tension same thing with the heist yes. there's probably things like these are things we're not going to do there's nobody going to be you know this is about and if you do these things you fail or whatever it may yeah. be just be aware, yes, you can do it, but you'll fail.
1: One of the, and that's another system that's going to be in polite society is th- there will be points for renown. You know, I, I love the old um, ad and system of like m- morale and loyalty for hirelings and stuff like that. You, and, and for how good a thief you are, it, you know, as an optional system, you know, is dictated by, you know, did you kill anybody? Did you, did you blow the building up? You know, if you got in smoothly, got out, didn't hurt anybody, didn't, you know, th- that, that is worth more, especially in the retelling, you know, where your fame would grow than if you literally kick open the door and just fireball everybody, um, you know, th- that, that's not clever, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's not even, it's not even challenging. So there should be that element sort of included in that, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to be, uh, you're trying to outwit these, you know, forces that are aligned against you. And so um, I feel like the system works. Um, I'm, I'm happy with how the book looks. Uh, I can't wait for the physical object to show up. I'm, I'm excited to feel it you know, as a, as a trade paperback, it's a, it's pretty big for, for just being a bunch of random tables, but I wanted the examples in there so that I could talk to people about what that might entail, because I think, I think there's a tendency these days towards a kind of a brevity when people are writing um, rules that is wonderful. If you know what you're doing, and if you don't know what you're doing, can come off as very clipped and also um, arcane, arcane and hermetic. You know, there's, it's kind of hard to follow. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? Uh, and so um, I don't think I've written anything super long in there, but I give you examples for literally every location. I give you examples for every kind of treasure. It could mean this, it could mean this, or it could just be this. I, I, I explain everything that I'm giving you on the table so that you can you know kind of think through it for your own. You can change it up if you want, or you can go in a different direction. But um, I, I think it's important to have those examples at hand. And I will eventually, one of the things that I intend to do with the, with the bigger Kickstarter, not like this one coming up for ZineQuest, um, uh, I' found a way to get all of the charts, all of the de- all of the highest generation charts on one sheet of paper. <laughs> so once you know the system well and and, and you know kind of know the the categories, you can literally take that one sheet of paper, sit it down, roll it up, write everything down on your on your scratch sheet and you don't have to keep flipping through the book. It's just all the charts are right there oh, nice. so it speeds. Yeah, it'll be it'll be something that will probably be included on the sheets that would go into like a, you know, um, a GM screen or something like that. It'll, it'll at least be a PDF sheet that you can print out on a sheet of paper or a piece of cardstock and just have that. I I use that whenever I do play testing for stuff. So I was gonna well, No,
0: that sounds like a, a good plan. Sounds like so you're planning on ogres 11 for kickstarter for zine quest in uh for august
1: yes it kicked uh, zine, zine quest four will be ogres 11 and, and um the artwork is going to be done by billy blue i'm very excited to be working with billy on this uh, i'm a big fan of his art and he's going to be doing the cover and original pieces of art for each one of the heists and then um that will be fulfilled By January 23 and then I will have another zine ready for zine quest five whenever that hits in February, and that will also be that'll be a sandbox. uh, Campaign for. um, Right now, right now, I think it's gonna be a sandbox campaign for the the world of thieves idea a little place where you can go and be larcenous and cause trouble and, and get so crime is near and dear to your heart. Absolutely. I'm going to be doing this for, this will be the things that I do for a while. Yeah. Um, In October, I intend to launch the Kickstarter for polite society. So we'll see if I can still do that or not, but, but the plans are, uh, in October, Polite Society gets the, gets the, the KS launch. And that's going to be all your fifth edition stuff. I've got a lot of stuff on my Patreon already. A lot of the backgrounds uh, that are new are on Patreon if you want to go look at my Patreon page and, and check those out. So um, I just got to get this off my plate, Jeff. I got too much, you know, I've been, I've been sitting on this for a while, and, and uh, the, the Polite Society stuff is 80% written. this point and so uh with a 2023 fulfillment date i am confident that um i can come in on time and on budget for all of that so yeah Yeah, on budget
0: is probably the most important
1: (laughs) yeah it is and uh i'm gonna i'm taking a page out of kevin crawford's book i'm gonna i'm i'm kickstarting for the book and the more It makes the more uh, stuff I'll put in it, uh, production wise. um, You know, um, production wise, I'll you know if it funds over a certain level, more art. If funds over a certain level, I'll get uh, I'll hire somebody to do the the layout, uh, and then it won't be my lame layout. It'll be like professionally laid out, and you know copy edited and typeset and all that good stuff so uh i'm confident that that if it funds and doesn't fund higher than just my initial asking amount i can get you a book that you will like that you can read that you'll use it's going to be clean it's going to be nice but the more that goes into it the better it's going to look
0: yeah that is definitely the benefit of going that direction i've i just for me i just want to have almost everything done up front but, right. but 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 the nice thing is is that i'm i gotta i got a I got a limit it to what exactly it is i think it'll fund for and i can't go yeah. out extravagant so it's like
1: right well that's the deal my i you know the writing is almost completely done and um i've got the means to lay it out i've got i've already paid for some artwork and so i'll probably um include another uh, small budget in, in the initial setup for a small amount of artwork and a cover and, you know, things like that. So the all that will be in there and and uh, will be not um, too extravagant. It's going to be black and white interiors and I'm not doing a full-color thing. I'm not doing a hardcover thing. So, uh, you the know, paper, there's a... The way paper prices
0: are... It's depending on what you're doing. That full color interior can be extremely expensive.
1: The yeah, yeah, and I, there's some local people here in Dallas, uh, in the Dallas area that that will do it. That are that Philip Reed recommended. Uh, I've not looked into their stuff yet, but I know they've done really good work. I've seen some of their their books. I just right now I want to I want a goal I can hit, and a timeline I can meet. So that the the game is out and people can play it. That's what's more important to me than anything. You know, I have an advantage in doing a crime-based um, world book that I can use black and white artwork because that's kind of you know on brand. So um, you know, there's no reason to to over overcomplicate this. I'm I'm pretty much a one-man show. Uh, at this point. And so the next two polite society things after that will be similar in scope. Um, and in fact, um, the third one's going to be the only one where I'm going to probably ask for more money because it's going to be a campaign setting. So there'll be maps and stuff like that. But um, if, if everybody really likes it and it does really well, then, I, then what I can do optionally is take those three things that I've done, put them into one big ass book, reprinted as a deluxe hardcover with all the bells and whistles but by then i would know that i have enough support for that if If i don't have enough yeah if you don't
0: print on demand you can get by with it without any risk it's where you you're going outside of print on demand right
1: right and so right now i'm staying in my lane um the print on demand stuff can cut can do black and white really well uh, Lightning Source does good books. I'm not worried about the the, the quality. I um, you have to worry about their cover stock, but I can I can navigate that. But uh, everything else, I think, is um, uh, very doable for the the budget that I have. And then again, like I said, if down the road there's enough demand to redo it, you know, in a nicer format, then that's what the Kickstarter is for. If you all want this, then that's great. If not, I got the books out <laughs> the, and, and they're, they're available in perpetuity for anybody that wants them. And that's what, that's to me is what's more important. I want people looking at this stuff and playing it. I don't, I don't think it's going to, I have no illusions about this being crin 2 or Greyhawk Mark 3 or anything like that. I know this is kind of like a, a rarefied sort of a campaign, but I also know there's a lot of old school people like me who loved Lankmar, City of Thieves, uh, you know, when AD&D put that out low these many years ago, and we never really got anything like that since. And so this is my answer for that. This is, you know, this is the, the new version of what these types of things could be for, for, for my people, such as they are. And I know you're out there, I know you all are, but, but you just, you don't have a banner to rally around. You don't have a standard. Let me be your banner, your, your, your standard bearer. I will carry your banner for you. All right. Pledge your fealty to me and I will reward you with gold and love. Probably not in that order. Yes. The other way around. (laughs) I mean, it, come on. I'm doing, I'm doing a Kickstarter. I'm not made of coin. Well, the thing is, it's, it's definitely,
0: you know, I think, you know, we first do something. There's some things I did initially. And it's like, I, you know, I had a feeling that I thought there were people out there. But once you realize there are, and I think Kickstarter is a good means of being able to connect to those people that are out there that haven't found you yet. Um, yeah. It, it it makes it and I think also having some other projects in your under your belt that already it, it helps to to make these things happen
1: yeah yeah I definitely every little bit helps that's why I've tried to you know help out with people at the on the um RPG zine group on Facebook and uh if anybody you know has something that comes up if I've got room in my schedule for it I'll absolutely jump in because I think I'm, I I do believe a rising tide lifts all boats. I'm a you know big believer in that, and uh, uh, the more cool projects that we all see and support and work on together, the, you know, just the better it all looks. And so, yeah, the, my 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 vision are, is real specific, but um, I I feel like in the next two years I can get all of this out that I want to get out and uh, have it be a thing that that people hopefully respond favorably so far the, the the response has been good i've gotten good feedback from the people that have already bought the the product so i just need some reviews and uh and really i'm ready i'm i'm kind of ready for kickstarter uh for for Quest 4 to start i'm ready to get going on that i've already started working on the campaign and uh, as soon as billy gets the cover art done i'll um i'll put that in the in the campaign and starts sending around the links for people to say, hey, you know, what are your thoughts? You know, give me feedback. I'll I'll send it to you, you know. Uh so yeah, it, it's I'm I'm excited. I'm ready to go. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I uh I'm 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 abnormally calm for not being as prepared as I would like. So you'll see what happens when the day ha- hits and I actually hit the have to hit that button and uh, go live. The button you don't want to hit until you're ready to hit the button.
1: Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hate that button. <laughs> I hate that button. Ugh.
0: They're a little bit more clear about it, even though you, you still could do it. You think they would still not color it green like every other button, but they would color it like yellow?
1: Something. Yeah. Or, or, or when you click on it, throw up that little pop-up. Are you sure you want to do this? Let's explain to you once more what you're doing. You are launching. Okay.
0: Put a little rocket ship Uh launching on the circular button. This launches the ship. Yes. Unless you're ready to go into space. Unless you have your vac suit, your everything in order. Because this ship's going. When you hit that button, it's that's right. The hatches are closing, ignition, takeoff.
1: You click this and it's war rocket Ajax. Yeah. 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 Whether you're in the ship or not. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Well, all right. So I'm, uh, yeah, that's my, that's sort of the big, big news. I, um, I don't, I don't want to get too far ahead on everything I'm, I'm doing for this, but uh, uh, the next six months, there's going to be a kind of a flurry of criminal activity around here. And oh. uh, uh, I may need to start speaking in code. So just, you know, if I show up acting really weird and wearing a false mustache, they're on to me. You know, okay. there's nothing
0: like uh, having a mustache and then wearing a false mustache on top of that.
1: Oh, oh, well, right. Yeah. In a totally different <laughs> style. Because, I'm very you know,
0: confused now.
1: What's going I'm on? He must be up to something. That's right. <laughs> right. Ordinarily, he's got a full mustache, but that's really thin on top. Yeah. Yeah. It's not him. He's it's totally, he looks like a French <laughs> film director now. I don't get it. He's wearing a beret. <laughs> oh, maybe we can make have Bryce yeah, come back. I. I'm I'm i I've got the fez. You know, <laughs> yeah, I saw braise. you got the fez. These are just French fezes. Oh my yeah. god.
0: Yeah, it's uh, I've uh, I've picked up some those what They call flat top hats while I was over at uh, over in Northern Ireland. So. Oh, cool. Well, the thing that was that sold me because well, I had plenty of time, and there was a guy who was a a uh, hat salesman who was in St George's Market, and the guy was very, um, he was a character. He loved to talk. And so when he wasn't busy and I'd come by, you know, he would talk politics, he'd talk about stuff going on in Ireland, he would talk about shenanigans, you know, nice. whatever it would be. But I saw him, but but he was a, he liked to sell stuff and he really was. So he had a feather in his cap. And then a woman was kind of asking about feathers and he pulled that one out and then started explaining the feather and how it's put together and the, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. And he so he sold her the feather out of his hat.
1: Wow. Yes. Wow. And I
0: looked, it's like the hats I bought have holders for feathers. And you can go online and the people that I think do like um, flies for fly fishing, they also do
1: feathers. Yeah, they do fly tying. Yeah, wow. <laughs> That's crazy. That is insane. Oh my God. All right, so uh, just to bring all this home, there is a book you want to look up called The Feather Thief. And it's about a heist that takes place uh involving the world of professional fly tying all right i've said too much (laughs) there you go but it's this was a this was a true crime uh, book about a thing that really happened uh it was one of the coolest true crime books i ever read and it's um uh, it didn't make the uh, list of recommended uh, heist uh, books for uh, for um, tools of the trade, but it will make it for fifth edition uh, polite society because it's going to be about how anything can have value, <laughs> and uh, you know the you know what what one person may not think of as being useful at all might end up being someone else's absolute uh treasure and so there's uh yeah it's it's pretty interesting it's pretty pretty interesting but and, and but a, a fascinating book that reads quickly uh, okay the feather yeah, you know, the feather thief the feather thief uh, i'm gonna well, I, let me let me i'm gonna get you the name of the author um because uh there's probably more than one feather thief whoa uh Kirk Wallace Johnson, the feather thief beauty obsession in the natural heist history of the century, you heard me of the century, Kirk Wallace Johnson. Uh, highly, highly, highly recommended.
0: Well, like you said, it's uh, it, it
1: opens the avenues to all sorts of things. Yep, yep everything has a has a has a kernel of a story or an idea for an adventure or you know something in it and uh, a lot of inspirational reading out there so yeah and you provided
0: a a fine fine list and there's also uh, it just was um, and I think that's probably something I need to do a better job planning my my watching except more recently just seems like we've been inundated with just series just dropping after drop you know of and unfortunately i'm ready sometimes i'm a little bit more picky than my wife and i'm right and i'm ready to drop obi-wan after after the first episode or second episode but we'll troop through it
1: (laughs) i understand i'm not and i and i won't i won't tell you uh that it uh redeems itself uh because your mileage will absolutely vary on that um but uh yeah I, I, I understand your point very well i do you know um it had everything
0: going for it but there's just certain plot elements that just so were so patently absurd it's like way over the top key elements like why would you send something that's supposed to be so highly secret unencrypted that anybody can want and what why why, why did why do you put secret information in the heads of 10 year old girls
1: it's I'm, like <laughs> i'm kind of curious when people in the star wars universe are going to start sweeping their equipment for bugs uh, <laughs> uh it, it just seems like uh they're they for for uh a civilization that does faster than light traveling laser swords, um, all you have to do is drop a nineteen fifties KGB uh bug into a ship or on a droid or you know, wherever yeah. you want. And uh and you can track them all over the galaxy. It's that easy. I mean, you don't even have to screw it in a light bulb, you just stick it on top of something. It's ridiculous. I, mean, I think we
0: have uh well I think the sad part was it's like I think everything but those plot elements if you look at the acting you look at the budget the way it was shot the the choreography everything was dead on oh yeah it was like these key things were like i don't understand what you're doing here
1: later in the in the series you know when when ben starts to become obi-wan again uh it, it put a smile on my face because I forgot how much I really liked Ewan McGregor as young Obi-Wan. I mean, you know, of, of the mixed bag, terribly mixed bag that were the, pre, the three prequels, it wasn't Ewan McGregor no. that got me down, you know? And so I was, there, there was a point at which I real? I mean, initially my first thought was, okay, I understand that you can't do anything on Tatooine, so using Leia, about which we have no information for this time period, it's pretty good. That's, that that makes sense. But halfway through the show, I thought this didn't need to be Leia. You didn't have to use any part of the Skywalker dysfunctional family here. You could have just had him uh, being asked to do something. Uh, you know, like there's like the whole a re- there's a reason about,
0: why. I and it was almost satisfying. I'll tell you why I think that is. This is spoiler alert for me out there. When she, when Leia in episode four says, yeah, help us Obi-Wan, you're our, our only hope, or whatever she says. Yeah. That ties, the end of that, uh, that ties into that. Yeah. Like he never seen her again. And she realized he's out there somewhere on tattooing. That's what I think is a reason why they did that. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: That's possible.
0: But why they couldn't, when she's gone,
1: call the police. I don't understand that. <laughs> well, let me, when you get through with it, we'll, we'll have another conversation about it. I'm uh, done. I we, got, we, we,
0: we blast all the way through, but. Uh. Oh,
1: okay. All right. All right. Uh, the uh, yeah, I, I was, uh, I I love. One of the best things about Dave Filoni, who wasn't involved in this, but but Filoni has done the hero's task of taking some of the most problematic storytelling in the nine movies and imbuing it with significance in the form of, like, all of his little Clone Wars stories. And then also the Mandalorian and the other stuff that's come on after that. And... It's interesting that they're trying to do some of that now with mixed results. I think some of some of this, like the conversation that that those two guys have at that part in the story, feels like them going, "Okay, we're gonna address the lie that Ben tells." (laughs) Yes, yes, that's the problem. They try and fix everything, right? And, And 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 yeah, I mean, I feel like. I, I don't know. I think that was a problem that we didn't ask to have fixed because we felt like we was already kind of dealt right. with. So, you know, I, they're talking about another Obi-Wan series. And as long as he's as far away from anybody uh, connected to Anakin Skywalker's family tree, I'll gladly watch it. I want him to go back and, and help those people that, you know, that he kind of left because he had to go, you know, uh save the princess i I want i want to do some more of that let him let let obi-wan go do obi-wan stuff somewhere else i would i watch that uh cheerfully happily glad to do it but you know yeah it's just it's 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 tough because um you know I, i nostalgia is a very powerful weapon and sometimes I feel like it's weaponized against me, <laughs> you know, for some of these things.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, the, you know, they they, they just pay how many how many billions of dollars they pay for uh, Star Wars.
1: It was two billion.
0: Yeah. So and they got to get they got to get their money. I mean, that was an investment. That wasn't a uh,
1: totally. Yeah. And they I know they were expecting to make five on it, and I feel like they're really close to it. I'd be surprised if they hadn't hit that yet. But, you know. The mouse has accountants. So well, but they, even
0: if you look at the movies, it's like even if they, a movie "quote unquote" makes a billion dollars, it's only fifty percent or less that they yeah, actually.
1: Yeah, uh, they cook the books. Those, book, those oh, books. Oh, I know are... what they.
0: Yeah, because half of its market. No, they usually, like, if it's a two hundred billion dollar movie, they, they pay two hundred or million. I mean, they pay two hundred million in marketing, and
1: the theaters yeah, get a uh, portion of that too of what's left over. Theaters get the least amount of it. The ticket sales are what we split with the motion picture company, but that split is well. In the case of um, was it episode seven, might have been episode eight. I forget which one. It was episode seven or Rogue One. The percentage, or ordinarily, like for like a like kind of a summer movie deal, is is a sixty forty split. Like they take 60, we take 40. This whole year, it's been 65 or worse. Um, and that's because they're trying to get their money back from, I don't know, the streaming services not working out like they wanted or what. I don't know what. But, you know, we've paid as much as 72% of the ticket cost to, to Disney before for Marvel movies. Over <laughs> 70%. Yeah, and so there's, you know, when people go, I can't believe the popcorn's so expensive. It's because that's the only place that, that theaters have to make money. It's not ticket sales. It's not ticket sales. The, 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 the motion picture company gets the lion's share of the ticket sales. And the only way that they don't is if you wait four or more weeks to where the percentage drops down to something like 55% them 45 percent us and then it's almost a 50 50 split but at that point who are these people who have waited six weeks to watch a star wars movie i mean so
0: so i went to i went to belfast um it was we were i think uh uh the um dr strange movie dropped the week after so
1: yeah
0: i thought you know when i get home i'm gonna go to the theater and watch dr strange and so then, you know, uh, seven weeks later, eight weeks later, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna take a week off after I get back from Belfast. I'm gonna go watch Doctor Strange. And I type it up, and it's like I couldn't understand why it really wasn't showing
1: up <laughs> in the theaters. I go, I guess because it's two months, they don't they're no longer around. <laughs> they they with the with the streaming services, they have really shortened that window. It used to be 90 days, and there was um there was a, a set schedule between first-run theaters, which is you know opening weekend, sub-run theaters, which means they get it two to four weeks after it opens, but they're still, con- still considered a new movie. And then that third tier is the dollar houses, the discount houses, where it's two bucks a show and they just run it until it melts or whatever. Um, that, that window uh, is 90 days. And ninety days is the time that that it would go from the theater to DVD. Well, that's that window has been shortened to sixty, and now it's like closer to forty-five with the streaming services. The stream and and, it, and they'll put it out on the streaming services. At this point, streaming has supplanted DVD sales, right. which used to be which used to be the 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 big pop of cash, because you know. Three months after it, it, you know, first shows up in theaters, it's no longer available in theaters, but you can go buy it at Walmart for 20 bucks and get the DVD, Blu-ray combo, Who's He all with all the bells and whistles. Well, you know, the, all of that is now being rewritten and it's higgledy-piggledy. So, yeah, it's uh, – the these are the definition of living in interesting times uh, or, or, or maybe not interesting they're definitely strange, and I don't think from a from a cultural perspective, everybody knows. Unless you're in the industry, you're not really aware of all this that's going on. All you know is that it just showed up on your TV that day, you know. Um, but there's a reason why Scarlett Johansson sued, and a reason why Disney uh, backed off and paid her money. It's because they were circumventing that process which she had signed contracts for in good faith, which were going to net her um, a lot of money. And by circumventing it, Disney would not have had to pay her that money. So when they started that, well, we don't understand why. Doesn't she have enough money? <laughs> yeah. No, Mouse, she doesn't. Because you're taking it out of her. There's a, re- there's a reason why Robert Downey Jr. gets $40 million to play Iron Man up front. It's because you won't pay him $40 million on the back end because you'll cook the books so that it, oh no. Uh, no, you know, don't you see? It was all this marketing and we had to put, and then it didn't do as well as we wanted in Papua New Guinea. And so uh, I think you're right. Over? I heard
0: somewhere that like almost all movies technically they lose money. Like, oh, if they're accounting, they all lose money.
1: The, the accountants make sure of that. Yeah, and so that's why all those upfront, that's why those month, those big contracts are there, and people go, God, that's just highway robbery. Well, yeah, it is, because if it were up to Disney, uh, you know, they wouldn't pay anything out on the back end; they keep it all for themselves, and they have done that for decades. That's those guys. This is not anything new, you know. It's just uh, there's enough internet out there that people see the edges of it. But but yeah, uh, Scarlett Johansson was absolutely correct uh, for doing it. And by her doing that lawsuit, she got Disney to back off of doing that stuff, because now other people know, oh, if, if they try this again, I can sue them. And and Disney doesn't want that because it's just going to come out as as um, shady practices on their part, which they don't, you know, because they're the family brand. They don't want to get caught with that.
0: You know, I, Yeah, I was listening to a podcast about history. There's a podcast called "The History of Rock and Roll and 500 Songs." Have you heard any of that?
1: No, but I'm suddenly very interested. Oh, it's very—I
0: I want to say academic. I don't make make it sound like it's dry, but it's very academic the way he approaches it. But I yeah. can't remember who the short was. It was the time of Jane and the Chandeliers. But like a lot of these acts, they would be tied to a mafia guy, and these guy's oh yeah. And, but they said the mafia guy was really generous to this guy. He didn't pay him what was owed, just but he did pay him what he thought he. Like like the mafia man was taking like a large portion of the money, but he was actually in his mind being generous because he gave him what he thought he deserved. And when he thought that was generous, like, yeah, I should pay a million dollars, but I'm giving you 200,000. So, you know, like normally I'd only give somebody 50,000. So I'm a good guy. (laughs) Right.
1: Right. (laughs) All (laughs) right. I paid you four times what I paid all the other people I screwed. (laughs) Yeah, You weren't grateful. Yeah. I like you four times more than the other people I work with. Those schmucks. So the mob. You know, I at
0: least there's a more up front there. I guess it wasn't the you know there was no hiding behind stuff. It was
1: just you know. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you exactly how I'm gonna uh, screw you, and uh, and then you can do nothing about it. Hey. Oh yeah, that, uh, yeah, organized crime, yeah, anytime those guys had a chance to to get in there, they did, you know, um, they had a, they had one of those guys, uh, Hesh was one of those uh, figures in The Sopranos, uh, that one of these guys that, that ties to the music business that owned uh, the rights to songs he didn't write and stuff like that, oh yeah, those were really real people, yeah, yeah. <sighs> It sucks that it sucks that we all want to make art so bad that we are willing to compromise, uh, so much of, uh, our, ourselves, uh, for the opportunity to do it. You know, I, I hate that, that that's such an uphill climb and that those, um, those goals seem so monetarily formidable, but, um, yeah, yeah. because
0: it seems like whenever somebody does well, um, like, for instance, it's like, you know, like record companies, after a number of years, they, they they locked down the recording contracts such that it was no longer so advantageous. And I think then that left the, like, then touring was a big thing for right. bands to make money. And I don't know if they started trying to dig into that. And then merchandise, then the bands started figuring out, hey, you can sell merchandise. So everywhere that they've been going, I think in a lot of ways, there's been, the company's been trying to
1: figure out ways of, of getting a cut of that too yeah and you know and then then uh napster starts up and 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 they go this is theft everybody goes um pot kettle <laughs> kettle have you met the pot uh you know that you you having something in common uh that you hear the two of you yeah uh it's uh i i hate that that that's uh uh that it's the corporations that hold so much of this intellectual property i, I kick didn't disney whenever i get a chance because they're they're the worst at it you know they're, they're the ones that have so much of it i grudgingly respect the people that are working within that system and making good art uh or if not you know let's not call it necessarily art but uh entertainment that's you know yeah. thoughtful and and well crafted i'm 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 Uh, very grateful to those people for for being able to do that um because uh them being in that position means that that um hacks don't have a chance to get a hold of it and 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 turn it into you know the apple dumpling gang or you know um, so you're
0: saying the apple dumpling gang doesn't hold up
1: i am i yes i am alleging that in fact that is not the caper film you need to be watching okay uh, so that ideas. was that
0: was a, a i remember loving it as a child though i don't remember anything of, other than but don Knotts and uh and whoever else
1: you're you're not missing a thing I so mean, i'll just leave it perfect in my memory i will not uh yep. okay yep uh and while you're at it, don't go back and rewatch the $6 million man either. You let okay. that, let that stay pure and <laughs> it, it, pristine in your heart. Uh, uh, you, you cannot unsee some of Oscar Goldman's uh, fashion sense. Uh, <laughs> when you, when, you know, in, in a different context. That's is all is that fashion
0: be... sense going to bleed into the art for uh, any of your projects?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I will, I will keep the, uh, I'll, I'll keep the art fantasy based and I will, uh, I will hire the best people. In fact, the guy that, that did the artwork uh, that I had done, uh, Leandro Oliveira was one of the guys that did the artwork on the Pathfinder comics. Uh, and uh, he, he's really good. Uh, he, he did some amazing stuff uh for that uh for the those comics and i really like what he did for for my thing and so i'm i'm more than likely going to use him for the rest of it as well
0: so for uh, ogres 11 i kind of would like to now i kind of like to see an ogre like in like a 70s outfit with his <laughs> shirt open down to shirt. almost the navel with all the chest air coming out and yes, gold chains like a,
1: yeah yeah look at looking like a cross between uh <laughs> John Travolta from Saturday night yeah, yeah. And, and huggy bear from Scar from Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> yes. Now uh, I have made the decision that um, ogres 11 is just going to be uh, a, a clever title and there won't actually be an ogre uh, running the the show and there won't actually be uh, you know, any kind of, um, acronym for what an o, you know OGRE yeah you know. like the
0: like Steve Jackson's game like the game
1: yeah there, there won't be an original goblin uh, really evil you know nothing like that. Uh, it's just gonna be um, uh, it was just a clever title to get you into the into the headspace but well, um, well, well, maybe well wait a minute maybe he could be Like how
0: could, well could, could, be, could the, he just be an optional NPC that
1: could be the one
0: that funds these people?
1: Well, that was the the original idea. I was trying to figure out a way to make it be an actual ogre that needed these eleven jobs done, but then uh, I kept wanting to tie them all together and give him a story. Oh, and at that point, I'm writing more of a novel than I wanted to, you know. And so, to keep this a zine, and also keep it at forty eight pages, because you know I have a tendency to. Go long. Uh, I decided to, to rein it in and just keep it with the 11 heists. And then I will provide some, uh, uh, some ideas for connective tissue if anybody wants to use them, but it's not necessary. You can chain them together if you want or using my stuff or your own stuff or whatever. But um, standalone, I think, works best for this because, um, Yeah. Or you could use him for like a, a narrative voice in there. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Uh, no, you know, because no, the thing is is I again, I'll want to go along because I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll enjoy it. I'm just here to tempt you. <laughs> now I did I, what I had settled on before I kept, uh, put the kibosh on the whole thing was that it wasn't actually an ogre. It was just a really big human that that his nickname was ogre. Because you know he's you know, like six foot four and a, a you know, uh, an ex like pit fighter, gladiator. So he's battle scarred and you know one eye's you know kind of closed permanently and he's got cauliflower ears and he's just kind of this really like, you know, uh, like a Randall Tex Cobb kind of looking guy, yeah. uh, And uh, and he's uh, actually got a title he's a nobleman uh that bought his respectability from you know getting out of the pits and being sponsored and all that and and so now he's at a point where he's got all this wealth and he's trying to figure out what to do with it and people have taken advantage of him and the and the heists were going to be you're going to sell some of these scores for me because i i i can't get my hands dirty anymore i'm too respectable uh but uh but again, I thought, you know, um, all the high he- to, to write 11 heists is going to require a certain amount of real estate in a book. You know, well, I've that's got so many pages. You're at four pages each. Exactly. So now I'm at 44 pages. And so I have exactly four more pages, plus an inside front and an inside back cover to kind of do the rest of it. And it just wasn't enough. And so like, we're just going to keep it with the heists. But see, I like where your head's at and you were right there and I was with you. Okay. But, uh, it, could, yeah. it,
0: could be, it could be a female and it could be an ogre magi.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, so, all right. I'll, I'll call my shot right here. I'll call <laughs> my shot right here. If it funds to a certain stretch goal, I don't know where that yeah. will be. But if I, if I get enough money to do this, I will do a second, smaller, much more manageable zine that is that backstory, if anybody wants to use it and apply it to the heists. That's what I'll do. That sounds great. uh, As bonus content, if it funds and funds over and I have room and time to do it, then I'll do that. But uh, in the, the what we're rich what you're initially buying in for are the eleven, uh, the eleven heists. And
0: you could place, also so. do is is uh, you could also since you are writing the first eleven, of course I'm not I'm just throwing stuff out here. I'm not necessarily seriously just suggesting this, but I'm just throwing things out. So you write, you write the eleven free of any sort of narrative tie, but then you could right. with this extra one say well different aspects you could maybe put in there or say that's in there ties to this and maybe the last mission is to figure out who you know the ogre is right
1: yeah there would be a yeah there's a lot of different uh yeah there's a lot of material for that yeah and see some of that stuff you know in the kind of setup for this i you know i'll have all that kind of in there anyways but uh i just didn't want to get too into the weeds on it because you right. know realistically you know just, in order to keep it a it's i want it to be presentable there's going there may be little tiny maps and stuff like that to sort of go with it maybe not um but uh i just wanted to you know i think anything more than 4 pages and i'm 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 in real trouble so i'm trying to sort of really you know think not not so much bare bones but just the right. a minimalistic heist kind right. of a thing but um you know i could do dossiers for you know 11 characters there are there are going to be five characters on the cover like a five-man heist team and they will be the ones that will be used in the artwork as well so for each one of the heists There'll be a picture of them doing something from the heist. Oh, ah, cool. Uh, I may, if if I'm if I if that we get into that book, I'll stat up those five characters along with with the ogre, and we'll we'll do something like that. Yeah. I think
0: what would also be but, cool is also if you not only stat them up, but also maybe what would, might be kind of cool is even work them where they could be characters that are uh, working against the players. Oh, sure. Yeah. They could be. Yeah. They don't have to be. They could be on the wrong side of this other
1: character. Yeah. not in, to yeah. kill, but maybe, yeah, this is a thief that just ripped you off. Yeah. Right. Rivals. Yeah. For, for one reason. Yeah. They could be the ones that actually stole the stuff initially that they're trying to steal back from other people. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. yeah I got it. Look, there's a lot of, there's lots of ways to play this. So well, because they're criminals, you could fall on any sort of
0: side of these people. You could be on their side. You could fall in on it. Right. right on opposition they i mean there's a lot of different ways where you, you could present a, these characters and they're just in in how they relate to the to the players totally. characters can can vary too i better stop before we we we, we go into scope yes. creep and i say something crazy uh, like, i want you <laughs> just to make 11 scenes but no i won't say that because that would be evil. Thank, you. <laughs> thank you very much thank you very much very kind of you
1: appreciate that jeff well
0: we are uh, i (laughs) think the the time space continuum here
1: mark and uh i think we'll uh, call it a night for tonight brother it's always a pleasure talking to you i love it that we wander and then eventually found our way back to the path exactly a a good thing
0: (laughs) i don't know how it happens but uh i guess if you wander long enough all roads lead to rome it's magic yeah it's
1: magic Guys, thank you for listening to all this. I hope you dig uh what you've heard. Uh when uh, the uh campaign hits, please uh uh come check it out and consider backing it. It'd be a it'd be a big help. And I think you'll really uh like what uh what you get. And uh stuff will be in the show notes, so uh
0: don't uh, forget to show uh the show notes and also I will say this too, if you're watching this on video, there is an audio podcast. I don't know if people out there in video land always know that, but there is an audio podcast of this. So anyway, thanks again, Mark. And until next time, take care. I was also going to say, and I forgot. Uh, so the the other podcast that you're on, the Gentleman. Oh, yeah, the Gentleman Arts. Uh-huh. Well, you did this radio. I, I started to listen to it by Stopped, uh, the King Kong one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, that was that was from back in the day. Yeah.
0: Okay. As I started listening to it and I stopped because it's like this is not the time for me to listen to this. Like I kept expecting I thought it was you're gonna be a regular show, and then I thought it was gonna be a little something that's gonna lead into something. And then I realized no, it's a full
1: fledged thing. Yeah, it's a one it was back uh when we I was doing radio plays in Austin. Uh, that's a that's a full one hour radio show uh dramatizing the 1933 king kong yes sound effects and everything
0: so i yeah i i I make sure i don't forget about it but i I was wanting to do it when i actually could have like
1: a chunk of time in the car or whatever but i that was a pleasant surprise the one before it is us talking about sound effects and sound effects in like you know fantasy and science fiction and how you know, they were made, and that's when the, the radio play came up, Uh, and we were talking about that, and it, it was after that show, uh, Ben, our producer, uh, worked with me on that, and, and the Violet Crown shows, and I said, hey, why don't we post the King Kong, since we talked about it, why don't we put the King Kong show up, and he said, can we? I said, yeah, I own it, I'll, I'll double check with Toby, and Toby's like, yeah, put it up, so yeah, so it's a, uh, it references, it, it, it was in response to or in reference to the thing that we did, the one show prior to that. I,
0: so. I must have missed that one. Um, yeah, go know. back
1: one and check it out. It's, okay. It's, we, we, you know, I don't know if there's any context in it, but you might be interested in hearing some of like, because I, t- I get into how we made some of the sound effects for the show. Okay. Uh, so,
0: yeah. So I should listen to the show first and then listen to the one before it.
1: Yeah, or, listen to yeah, listen to the show before it and then listen and then go listen to King Kong.
0: Definitely. Okay. So that's the order I should do it. Okay, I'll do that.
1: Yeah. Well
0: anyway, I, just uh I it was also kind of funny. It's like, you know, it's just hearing your voice and you doing because I know you. It's just it was just kind of right. like I, I just I just got a certain amount of enjoyment of just imagining like your your expressions, not that I really know why you're doing these different voices. You know, I, I just, uh, I just thought it was, it was just fun just to, you know, see that side.
1: I, dude, I, I wish, I wish we'd actually had like some, like, some, like video recordings of us doing the shows. We, we did it, we used to do it in front of an audience in like 40s regalia in a, in a mock looking radio station. What with, you know, speaking in front of the mics, you know, talking for, you know, products like the Money Gold Corporation, you know, doing it like right there. And then having and then I'd do that and she'd go bong, 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 you know, and we'd have like live sound effects. And we had a band playing the transitions and, and we had a director pointing and cueing and doing this and backing off. I mean, it was really, they were so cool to watch, you know, they were just really great, just visual pieces of art. And uh, King Kong was my favorite show. Uh, I wrote it. I directed it, I produced it, and um, I did, I did, in the live show, I did a a couple of the voices in the recording, studio recording that that we put there. I did a a couple of different voices, but, uh, but I also was the voice of King Kong. So, you know, I got to be (laughs) Kong. It's true. It's very true. And I got to shoot Kong down as well. So, all of that's in there. You'll see. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you no more about it. But, All righty. But yeah. I hope you. I hope you dig it. I really do.
0: Well, I, I was digging it. I just, I just. It's kind of like when I was in Belfast. Uh, I there was the Ulster Museum, and then I, I went to the like. It was late in the day. It was like I was tired, but just kind of see what was up there. and I get the fifth layer, of uh, fifth floor, and it was just art. Uh, and I just like. I don't have time for this. Like as in. I don't have time to actually give it the type of attention I need to give it, so it's just like uh, same thing here. So, oh, did I lose you? Uh-oh. Uh
1: oh, uh, your video. There you go. There we go. That, that's okay. all right. You got me. All right, yeah, weird.
0: It, yep. Anyway, I'll let you go. Um, okay, and, man. Uh, oh, you are going I'm to game I'm... hall. Are you going to game hall? Did you block-
1: right now, still. I yeah. I, I'm.